Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At LASIK Plus, we know LASIK is a big decision and every one of our patients is unique. That's why we customize your LASIK journey to you. I only have a certain budget. No problem. Right now at LASIK Plus, get $1,000 off LASIK when treated in May. That's $500 off per eye, plus guaranteed financing options. So visit MyLASIKOffer.com today to start your journey towards 2020 vision. Must mention this promotion and be treated in May of 2024 to qualify. $1,000 off standard price of wave life procedure. $500 off for one eye. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Go to MyLASIKOffer.com for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show. And you know what? I think this is the final episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show. I'm going to explain that in a second, and I might have to explain it to my co-host. His name is Kevin Smith on location this week. Kevin, what's going on? I just got nervous for a second. I I, I thought I thought you were firing me. Well, tell me it's the final episode, man. It is the final episode. You are no longer going to be on Here We Go, the Steelers show. Because next week when we're doing a show, it's going to be Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. Because the Seattle Seahawks and Pittsburgh Steelers will be squaring off in preseason action. And we're going to be talking about it next Friday. Uh, yeah, That's great. I mean, that's actually really exciting. Because like you, you just said, I'm on location. Uh, I'm talking to Brian right now from a... From a hotel room just outside of uh, Latrobe, not too far away, because I was at training camp today, and um, and I got you know got got to really see an interesting quarterback battle among among the other things that are going on, and so obviously the preseason games take on uh, much greater meaning this year because they're going to have such importance for that quarterback uh, fight. They absolutely will, and this is one of the most intriguing preseasons that we have witnessed as Steeler fans for a long time because there's never really been a question about, well, in the last 18 years, there really hasn't been a question. The last time there was a question, we just knew that Ben Roethlisberger was the man in waiting. There was no no question about Tommy Maddox. We We knew what he did the year before. We knew he was just biding his time and just uh, trying to uh, pave the way for Ben. And then he got, gets hurt and it's Ben time a whole lot sooner. This is a different situation where you have two new quarterbacks coming in and an old quarterback trying to uh, get the job for himself. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But before we do that, we're going to talk about all of the happenings in the Steeler Nation, what's going on? And there's some really big news, and it broke today. But we definitely want to hear about your trip. We're going to have you break that down. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the huge news that happened today. Well, actually, yesterday, because today is Friday. And, well, let's break down the fourth wall, Kevin. 
We're recording this on Thursday evening. <laughs> Correct. So, so, right. but when you're hearing it for the first time, it's going to be eh, Friday at noon. So, let's just not uh, let's just not fake it. It happened today for us, and it was the Deontay Johnson news, and we are going to get into that. But when that news broke, you saw it first on BTSC, and you heard it first on BTSC because within the half an hour, Dave Schofield had a breaking news podcast out and on the air. And everybody had a chance to listen to it. So you will be hearing all about Deontay Johnson and who's next in line. Just like you heard about Chris Boswell's contract, Mika Fitzpatrick's contract. When somebody gets hurt, you hear about it here first. If there's big news, something happens in camp, you hear it on BTSC or you read it on BTSC. It's not just your one-stop shop. It's your non-stop shop. So a couple shows you need to check out. You need to check out the Stat Geek. You need to check out the preview. It was just Dave and myself. Jeff was off and we talked about the Deontay Johnson situation. And we talked about some things to look at behind the initial news and the reasons why it works so well. And that's something we're going to talk about here. Also tonight. Well, let's not say tonight. Let's say on Friday night, there's going to be two new shows. There's going to be another State of the Steelers on Saturday. You are going to have a new touchdown under to check out this weekend and a new six-pack with Tony, a new We Run the North, a new Q&A. There's going to be so much to talk about. And if there's something you missed, like yesterday's What Ian's Talking About, go back in the archives and check that out. You can check out all that on BTSC. We're nonstop. We're one-stop. We are your shop. It's BTSC. So, Kevin, without further ado, Let's talk about Deontay Johnson. What was your knee-jerk reaction? And what was your first thought in your head when you heard the news? Not the money, but the news. Obviously excited. I mean, he's a he's the best receiver on the team. Uh, he's a guy who I think is going to get better as he goes. Uh, he's got huge upside. I think... Um, he was limited by the offense last year. There were some of the restrictions that everybody's talked about the, you know, the reduction in Roethlisberger's play and the struggles of the offensive line, not being able to protect. He's a guy who um, is such a, you know, a good quick twitch receiver and the Steelers used him on, on, uh, on short routes last year, but uh, weren't able, able really to sort of get him to develop a, a, a mid route tree. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see what he can do now in a movement based offense, uh, and then hopefully with a better offensive line that will allow him to begin to attack the middle of the field more. So I think I think my initial reaction was like, okay, this is this is excellent because now the Steelers lock him up for at least three more years, and and hopefully over that time we get to see uh, the best of him, which I don't think that we've seen yet. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, and that is all true, and I think. A lot of us felt that way, but the first thing that I thought of was great. The distraction's over. And then not just the distraction being over Kevin, but the fact that all the naysayers saying he's not worth this much money. He's not worth the money that Debo Samuel's getting and Tyreek Hill. And he shouldn't be paid $25 million a year or $20 million a year. Then the money comes out. And you find out that he's the 18th paid receiver in the league. And he was glad to take that. The Steelers were glad to give it to him. They have him for three years. That means that he's not worried about status. He's worried about winning a ring to me. 
So that was a pretty big deal. And it also tells me that you've got an agent with a good head on his shoulders that cares about their clients and tells their clients, look, there's a bigger picture than just being the number one paid receiver for two minutes. Right. And, and that, that's all important. There's no doubt about that. I think he understands Deontay Johnson understands that uh, he's betting on himself a little bit too, with this contract. I mean, he, he, he probably is smart to do what he did now, given the fact that there's a chance that he won't put up huge numbers in Pittsburgh's offense this coming season. I mean, they're, they're going to design the offense through Najee Harris. There's no doubt about that. They're going to be uh, an offense that now has a, a bunch of weapons on uh, that they can get the ball to. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty diverse offense. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I certainly saw a lot of diversity at practice today. Um, he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be a guy who gets the targets that he got uh, under in the Roethlisberger-led offense. And so his numbers may drop, and that might lead to you know a, a potential drop in, in what he could have expected. In, in a, a contract extension so essentially he's smart to take the money now and then work on on his production uh as as that contract plays out maybe as the offense gets better over the course of it his numbers uh get back to where they they are or have been at least then he earns himself uh, another big deal so you know he set himself up for for two paydays you know the one now which is only a, a three-year deal essentially uh which will take him up to about the age of 27 and then whatever's next, the 27, he's still in the prime of his career. So it's a smart move by both Johnson's camp and by the Steelers because they got him at a, at a very affordable price. I'm glad you said that because I, I really think it works for both of them. And, you know, even if this is the last contract that the guy ever gets, that's a nice neighborhood to be in. I mean, I know that uh, I could live comfortably and my children could live comfortably for the rest of our lives on something like that. So, and I, I think uh, I feel like Johnson's the kind of guy that's probably glad it's done and not worrying about this stuff. And, you know, I had a chance to interact with him, albeit like three or four minutes back in April, but I liked what I saw about like a humble individual. And uh, I really liked the way he interacted with my nephew, with my daughter. I, I just thought a lot about him, I mean, I thought a lot of him when I, I met this man and I, I really think that he sees a big picture here and this is over and I don't think he cares about the payday. He just wants to get to business. Well, he, and he did, man, because I'll tell you what, at practice today, he was one of the first guys on the field. Uh, by the way, he got a great ovation. That was down. That was yep, my question. Got a great ovation. He, he came down from, from, you know, the, the players at Latrobe, they walk out of, uh, probably you know where they have their meeting rooms etc and they come down a hill onto the practice field and the the fans are lining lining the hill there and they, they got a guy introducing you know letting everybody know who's coming down the hill and when they yelled it out you know number eight number 18 Deontay Johnson he got a huge ovation the biggest one of the day good but he was out he was out there very early uh there, there were probably only three or four players on the field when when he got to the field and then I was counting for a while. I actually assigned my son to it. I, I said <laughs> to my son, Aiden, who's nine, I said, Aiden, I want you to count how many balls Deontay Johnson catches before practice starts. So in that pre-practice period when the guys are just kind of filtering onto the field. 
Uh, and I counted about 40 or 50. And then my son told me he counted another 60 or so. So he easily caught over a hundred balls before practice even started. And he was probably the only one out there, um, you know, going through that drill specifically. So, I mean, the guy, you know, like you just said, he, he, he got it done and then he came out and he got right to work. Incredible. And I'm so glad to hear that, that, uh, he got a great ovation. Was there any talk? For, uh, did he hear anything under anybody's breast? Like, oh, well, he wasn't worth that contract. Why did they sign him? Or was it all positive? Nothing. I, it was all positive. I'll tell you what. The whole experience today was extremely positive. I, I had <laughs> I had one guy who, who was hysterical. I actually, I actually positioned myself behind this guy for a little while because I wanted to hear some more of his um, – I don't know if I should call it wisdom. It was, <laughs> but his let's just, let's just say his take on things. Yeah, it was an old, yeah, it was an older man in, in a Joe Green jersey. I can who, hear him uh, now. Oh my god! Well, so let me tell you something in that, buddy. Pretty much. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the anecdote real quick. So, so Kenny Pickett's in there in, a, in an eleven on eleven. So it's a it's a full team drill, and uh, he completes a ball, and it's you know it's a nice it's a nice job by him that there's a little bit of a rush in his face and he kind of slides to the left and he, and he slides into an open window. So he's got a really good view of, of the, the routes as they're developing. And he winds up finding Cody white coming out of a break and white, white comes open and pick it, you know, hits him for about a 15 yard completion. Um, you know, throws a little bit low white went down, you know, and got it. Uh, but the crowd gave a really nice ovation. <laughs> this guy, this guy goes off. He's like, what? I'm supposed to be impressed by that? He says, uh, that ball was low. Why doesn't he throw it to where the guy can catch and run? He's like, there was no touch on it. He just winged it in there. And now everybody's treating him like he's the next Joe Montana. Uh, it was it was great. It was a rant. And I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with this guy for a little bit and hear, hear what he's got to say. But other than him, I thought the crowd was incredibly supportive. Uh, and people were excited to be there. So I think that there's a good buzz about this team, even though – even though, you know, the national pundits and people seem to think it's a down year for the Steelers. But but without Ben Roethlisberger and with a lot of these young guys that they've brought in, there's an intrigue. I mean, I think people want to know, you know, who is this team? What's its identity? Who's going to emerge as the next group of stars? Uh, and there just seemed to be a really positive vibe around the campus today. Well, that's absolutely incredible. I'm glad you are talking about it, and I want to hear all about it. So we're going to do stuff a little bit different this week than our usual show. We want to hear Coach's account, and this is your first time, if I'm not mistaken, at Latrobe. You have never seen a Steeler practice before, right? Correct. I know you've been to a game. Many, yes, yes. but never a practice. And, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you real quick. I know you got to go to break, but – uh now, I'm not saying I, I prefer to go to practices over games, but actually, now that I think about it, I, I almost do. I mean, that was today was such a cool experience um, in the way that you get to take it in as opposed to taking in a game that I think I almost preferred the live experience here to, to an actual game. Let's hold that thought because I've got a follow-up question on that that I'm going to challenge you with, and okay. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. So let's take a break here. We're going to go to a quick commercial, and we will be back right after this with Kevin, his views on his vacation with his family, and the highlight of that vacation, Steelers training camp in Latrobe. We, I can't wait to hear all about it, and he's going to talk all about it right here on Here We Go, the Steelers show. The final episode. 
before we start talking about real games. We'll be back right after this on BTSC. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers Show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is the coach, Kevin Smith. But no, we are not talking about him coaching right now. We're not talking about the ins and outs of the Steelers. We are talking about Kevin in the family truckster with the family doing his best Clark W. Griswold and going to Steelers training camp. Kevin, how was it, my man? (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, the family held together. Uh, You know, we didn't kill Aunt Edna. We didn't strap a dog (laughs) to the bumper and drag it off the highway, you know. So um, the family held together, and and, uh, we, we had a great trip, an absolutely wonderful trip. We were down in Charlottesville, Virginia, in that area for a few days. We came up to Pittsburgh and uh, had a couple days in the city and just really enjoyed the city. I mean, I, I just the city that I'm the most familiar with is Philadelphia. And I, there's some things I love about Philadelphia, uh, but it's 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 got a lot of issues. Uh, and and I'm sure Pittsburgh does, too. No, no doubt about that. But but I was just so impressed with really just um you know, the, the first of all, the city's beautiful. The the layout of the city is, is just uh, so well done. The bridges and the, uh, the, you know, the way you know the way that, that the the rivers come together and what the, what the city's done to kind of renovate the downtown there. Um, the layout of the stadiums, PNC Park and and uh, Acroshore, sorry, um, and the walking. Just the the, the the use of the waterfront is just so wonderful there. Pe- the people were great. We went to a Pirates game. We saw a great game. Uh, a couple nights ago, the Pirates won on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, and then today we were, were, you know, we were out at at Latrobe, and it was my first time at Latrobe, and I, I just, you know, it, it's you couldn't like sketch a better environment for training camp. You know, you come in and you've got these beautiful sort of old brick buildings against the backdrop of these rolling hills, and then you you, you know you come through uh, over top of a hill, and then and then down the hill are the practice fields, and it's just you know there's something kind of romantic about that you know as a football fan, um, and so you know from a from a and the, the from the experience itself was great, but just the environment was wonderful, so I was so happy I could be there. I think that's fantastic. And what was your family's thought? about the steel city so i would think i don't know about your wife but the kids maybe their first time yep oh oh my god they had a blast you know so we so we got there and um we we went you know we walked all over the city and then uh our first day there we we, was a huge uh, we went out to kennywood we had a blast at kennywood you know it was just uh a great time and my son i was very proud of him he rolled he rode some uh he rode some some very challenging roller coasters and you know, my daughter, obviously she's only four, but she had a blast. And then we came back to the hotel and went to the Pirates game, saw a great game. And um, they loved it. My wife was so impressed with uh, the architecture of the city, with how clean the city was, with how friendly people were. So so they had a great experience. And then out of training camp today, uh, it was hot. You know, it was like, not, you know, low 90s and, and it was humid. And 
so, you know, I, I think everybody was a little bit tired, but they, they just enjoyed sitting on the hill and watching and they let me do my thing. And, uh, you know, I was, I was so grateful to them for that. I think that's that's so great. And I remember, you know, doing that with my family the first time I went to Pittsburgh. I mean, I grew up not too far away from it, but, you know, I love when I took my kids to Pittsburgh, first pirate game, all of that. I haven't had a chance to take them to a game or camp yet, but I'm glad that your family had a chance to experience it. Now, you mentioned something before the break, Kevin, which was really interesting to me, but it makes plenty of sense because you would much rather watch them in a practice atmosphere. But then again, this is your business, Kevin. You are a football coach by trade. So this must have been, you must have felt like you were a kid in a candy store watching how the Twix got made. Hmm, Yeah, that was really one of the best things. You know, unfortunately, you couldn't get close enough to some of the position groups to hear some of the things that were being said. You know, I really wanted to get down you know, where the defensive line was to, to hear Carl Dunbar and, and, and where Pat Meyer was with the O-line o to hear him. So you know, I really couldn't hear a lot of what they were saying. You got a, a good look at some of the drills they were doing. But the one, the one guy who was closest to us in terms of drill work was Frisman Jackson with the wide receivers. And I could not have been more impressed with him. His attention to detail was tremendous. He was constantly coaching. I don't think he missed an opportunity to instruct or correct or encourage um, just little things, you know, like working on stances, working on, they, they did a great stock block drill where, uh, where he kept emphasizing, pr- uh, pressing the shoulder of the side of the run and then run. Yeah, he kept saying, run him out of there, run him out of there. And really what he was saying was like, you know, get the, get the shoulder of the defender turned and then run your feet, uh, to remove him from. Uh, the box and and they, they worked that drill over and over and over again and and what it complemented and this is another thing that was interesting to observe everything was organized in a way that complemented uh, each other offensively so for example the offensive line group during group work were all working on reach blocks which you would which you would use on an outside zone play or a jet sweep then while they were doing that, the quarterbacks were working on their ball handling with the running backs on outside zone run plays and what looked to be RPOs. So they're working on pressing the ball to the back or pulling it and throwing some kind of an RPO to the H backs. They had uh, Connor Hayward and Derek Watt running some little seam routes, uh, you know, with, with the outside zone action. And then you had the wide receivers stock block in working on outside run stock blocks. And so that, that was all coordinated. So the organization of the practice was really well done. But again, Frisman Jackson, man, he really impressed me as a guy who's detail-oriented. And you and I talked about this, uh, where we just felt like one of the things that maybe did, you know, was un- like Hilliard's undoing was his, his lack of attention to detail and all the pre-snap penalties and uh, things of that nature with, with the receivers. So I was very encouraged by watching Jackson. Well, it sounds like it. So – what did you pay attention to that you didn't expect to see and that you were just riveted by? Well, I mean, I love watching the linemen uh, just because, I mean, you know, that's the, you know, talk about where the sausage is made, you know, the sausage is made in the trenches and, um, and, and I wanted to really see like, you know, how they were teaching certain things. And, and Pat Meyer was doing a ton of instruction. Uh, and the one thing, again, I couldn't hear a lot of what he was saying, but the one of the things that he, most emphasized was working on the, the lineman getting hip to hip on the double team and then working up to the linebacker. And, and they were, they did a ton of those reps, 
And that's something the Steelers were bad at last year. They just they just didn't do a very good job of being able to move the first level to the second level. And there was a lot of emphasis on that, staying on the double team and pushing that down lineman to the linebacker uh, before one of the blockers chips off to pick the backer up. And I, and I thought that that, that translated because when the Steelers got to 11-on-11 11 drills today, they ran the ball pretty well. And this was without Najee Harris, who didn't practice. Uh, they, they ran the inside zone play fairly well against uh, you know, a decent defensive front. They were getting good push uh, with the offensive line. And so that was cool to see. I really, I really enjoyed that. But I'll tell you what, the one, the one period that I was riveted by more than anything else um, was the punt return period where uh, Presley Harvin was punting and the Steelers had a couple of return guys back there. Uh, and they had gunners running down the field, being double teamed by two blockers. And then they had a, a middleman come down, coming down the field unblocked. And so the punt returner had to catch the ball and either read a blocker or make a guy miss. And it was really fascinating to watch it all unfold live like that uh, because you got a really good sense for where the cuts were. And the guy who just blew everybody away was our boy Gunner O, who you and I have talked about, uh, you know, when the Steelers acquired him. He was by far the best i mean he he it looked like he had a magnet in his chest that was just drawing the ball into it he caught it so easily and then once he as soon as he caught the ball he was able to recognize the cut uh, and get up the field make that one cut make a move make that unblocked guy miss and then accelerate and and he really took off and he he's a guy that i've thought like you know did the Steelers have a spot for him is keeping a, a guy who's just the return guy a luxury but then I watched him play receiver today, and he made some really nice plays. He 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 did a nice job uh, with some combat catches in, in traffic, catching the ball with his hands. Um, and I thought to myself, he's he's going to make the team. He's a guy that they can't cut this guy because he is far and away the best return man on the team, and probably the best return man that they've had in a while. And he's proficient enough at wide receiver that he could play in the slot if they needed him to so so he's a guy who really impressed me today and getting to see him live uh was great because he looks like a high school kid he looks like one of the kids on my team you know like he when when you're looking at the Steelers receivers room they're they got huge guys in their receivers room right Boykin's 6'4 Claypool's 6'4 Pickens is 6'2 Cody White's 6'2 6'3 huge dudes and then and then you got these massive tight ends uh out there and now here's Gunner O. <laughs> Joe uh, Dirt. <laughs> dude, seriously, man, he just looks like a kid like like that I coach. Uh, and then and then you get into the eleven on elevens, and he looks like he looks like an NFL dude. Uh, so that was that was cool to watch. Um, so yeah, there's an awful lot to see uh, that you just don't get to see in a live setting, you know, during a real game. Uh, and you know, just through coaches' eyes, that was that was pretty fun. I think that's great. I mean, you have. Uh, I want to talk about some other players, but I'm going to ask real quick. You know, you saw some drills that uh, you're not used to seeing. Are you going to try to implement some of this stuff? The jet sweep drill, I texted our offensive coordinator right away. And I said, listen, man, I explained to Tony. I said, we got to do this. It was so efficient. They, they, they wasted no time. That, that's another thing that I was really impressed with today. The practice organization, not only was everything coordinated, but the efficiency with which they moved. Like, like you didn't waste a moment in the jet sweep drill. I mean, what they did was they the, uh, the guy who was running jet sweep would get the ball. He'd run the jet sweep going one way. He would, as soon as he turned up the field, he would hand it to a coach and he would loop back around and get in line and immediately run it back with another set of quarterback 
uh, quarterbacks and centers going the other way. And they got an amazing amount of reps in in a short period of time. Uh, and, you know, you think like these are like little things I think sometimes that maybe an average fan doesn't think about. But like, how well do you practice? You know, how much how efficient are you like during your practice periods and, and how much constructive work can you get in? in the mandated 120 minutes. And I thought that the Steelers did a great job today with practice efficiency. They got an awful lot done and an awful lot of reps uh, in a limited amount of time. And that was really cool to see. So now I'm thinking for the Smith family, tax rate off. <laughs> Don't tell my accountant, but uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a, there's a business trip now. Uh, it feels like it. I mean, I got a text message to show it. Right. So, <laughs> So besides Gunnar O, I mean, who else caught your eye that you didn't expect to? So Anthony McFarland, man, he had a great day. Anthony really? McFarland, I, yeah, I thought that he, I thought he looked excellent, especially catching the ball. Uh, boy, he, I mean, I, I on one hand this is great, and on the other hand it's not. But um, I mean, twice he absolutely dusted Devin Bush in in one on ones. Uh, you know, one-on-ones are a little unfair to the to the defense because there's no pass rush and the quarterback's just got a clean sight of vision and he he knows what he's going to do and yada yada. But but McFarland looked really good, just quick, really quick, and 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 um, he hit a couple big you know big plays in eleven on elevens where he he got to the edge. Um, but the thing that really impressed me was how well he ran the ball between the tackles. He just he ran hard inside i mean quite honestly he he looked better than benny snell running the ball in between the tackles and so you know i want i wonder if if um if maybe um the signing i'm blanking who's the free agent running back the Steelers just signed who got hurt i'm blanking on him his jeremy name, mcnichols yeah got hurt and then they brought in master teague from ohio state today right and teague is a totally different back than mcfarland but mcnichols is is more of a threat to McFarland. I'm wondering if that was a wake up call to him, man, because he looked he looked like the best I've ever seen him today. So he's a guy. And then the, and then and then Kenny Pickett had a great day. You know, it was, it was Kenny Pickett's best day uh, of camp. But I think you know I, I saw somebody somebody else wrote that somewhere, and I concurred. I thought he looked decisive. I thought he made the throw of the day in the in the seven seven shot drill that the Steelers do that they love, where they're where you got the offense running plays from the two yard line. Um, and they, and they want, you know, they get seven plays and you're trying to score against the defense. And, you know, he, he threw a ball to the back corner to, to Cody white that he just, he just dropped it man, dropped it down perfectly at the back pylon with pressure in his face. And it was like decisive and he was, and he stood in there and, and that was just, you know, a kind of a sign of the way that his day went, his day went really well. So honestly, of the three quarterbacks today, uh, I didn't think Trubisky or Rudolph were bad. I think that they were that they were functional, you know, I mean, like if, if it was a game, you would have been like, Oh, well, they were game managers, uh, nothing spectacular, nothing awful. Um, but I thought Pickett was the best of the three today. He looks like, he looks like a guy who, for, for whom things are slowing down. Like he was a more decisive. It seemed uh, um, as compared to what I've read in his reads. And he seemed to really kind of get the flow of the game a little bit more. So that was cool to see too. So, any concerns coming out of camp from your eyes? Well, I mean, you know, Devin Bush, I didn't get, you didn't get as good a look at the defense as you do of the offense because the offense practiced on the field right in front of the crowd and the defense was a field over. And it was a little bit harder to get a real good look at them. Um, but when they, when they went 11 on 11s, uh, it, just, it just felt like Devin Bush got exposed a little bit. He didn't really make any splash plays. He struggled a little bit in coverage. 
Uh, and that's a concern. I mean, you know, the flip side of that is that Roberts Blaine actually pretty good in coverage. So, you know, I, I, I wonder if, if, if a couple weeks from now when the regular season kicks off, if we're not going to see Miles Jack and, and Roberts Blaine as, as a linebacker pairing. I mean, that, that, that's a possibility. Um, the offensive line, you know, in, in the one-on-one drills, the defensive line dominated. DeMarvin Leal was a beast in the one-on-ones, man. I'll tell you what. He blew Kendrick Green up and John LeGlue on back-to-back plays, blew the two of those guys up, absolutely blew them up. The, the whole defensive line went nuts, uh, you know, jumping all over him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and again, you know, the one-on-ones are always, they, you know, like they they always benefit one or the other. And yeah, the offensive linemen hate one-on-ones because they know that they've got to kick step and take the blow. Whereas the defensive linemen are just can put their hand in the dirt and get off on the ball. And the offensive line afforded themselves better in the 11 on 11s. But, but with green, you know, green was moving really well and all really all the offensive linemen were moving really well laterally. But of course the question again will be like, can they put their hand in the ground and get off the ball and knock dudes off the ball when the Steelers need to make a yard? That'll be something that obviously we have to see if they can do. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad to hear all of this. So my final two questions, first of all, you know, I know this is important for the fans, for the Steelers to be back at St. Vincent college. And I know it was a great experience for you and your family. So my question is, do you think it makes a difference to the players? I think so. It's it's different. It's a different atmosphere for them. It's a, it's a you know they're back in a college setting. Uh, they're staying in the dorms. You know, and they're they're staying in nice apartments. They're not staying in, in old school cinder block dorms like you and I probably had. But um, they uh, you know and they, and I think it reminds them of their roots. They they seemed excited. That I, I thought that you know on a hot day it was ninety something degrees and really humid, uh, and and it's now like you know you've been in pads for a few days and you know starting to grind on each other a little bit. It's just one of those days where you could kind of you know you could sort of excuse them a little bit if maybe the energy wasn't there. But I thought the energy was great, and I think you know you, it's got to be special for them. Last year they walked out, you know they went into Heinz Field and there was no fit, there were no fans there, or whatever. This year you're coming down this rope line as you come down the hill, and you got little kids trying to get your autograph, and you got you know people cheering you, and there's like an MC out there announcing your name, and everybody cheered. You know a lot of these a lot of these guys in the Steelers are young, young kids, man. A lot of 23, 24 year olds out there for whom I think that's a big deal. So so that was great to see. I'll tell you one, one you know another guy who, who who certainly looked like he loved it was Mike Tom. Mike Tom looked like a kid in the candy shop today. I mean, he was he was bouncing around talking to everybody, trash talking guys. Well, the Steelers were stretching. When they stretch, the offense which wears white faces the defense who's wearing gold. And Alex Highsmith and Chris Wormley are kind of out there at the front of the line with the defense talking smack to the offense. And Tomlin's right in there jawing with them, you know, all as well, you know. And, I mean, he didn't stop. He was moving from dude to dude, slapping guys, dapping them up, you know, getting down, whispering things into their into their ears, et cetera. You know, he just looked like, man, he was in his element. And so uh, so I'm sure he likes the the old school training environment as well. It's almost like he has found a fountain of youth. It's absolutely incredible to think about. I love that you're saying all this. This makes me so excited for the season. You also alluded to something else that was my final question for you that I've been waiting until the end of the show to ask you. Did the kids have any interaction with players? We didn't get down uh, that close with our our kids. I mean, I was 
I was pretty busy working and I was giving my son some duty. I was, I was, I'd have, I'd be making notes and I'd give him my phone and I'd say, take, take this picture, take that picture. Um, he did, I did tell him that as we went through the merchandise tent, he could pick out any Jersey that he wanted. Uh, and he kind of surprised me. I was, I was convinced he was going with Najee, but he went with the Kenny Pickett Jersey. Nice. And, uh, I asked him why I said, why Kenny Pickett? And he said, uh, oh, he's from New Jersey, dad. So he had to, he had to, that's awesome. Um, so, but he had a blast. He really enjoyed it. He, 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 he was confused on, on one play. And I'll, <laughs> I think everybody was a little confused, uh, unless you've like, you know, studied Matt Canada, uh, as many of us here at BTSC have, but so, you know, Canada is the, is the king of all shifts and pre-snap motions. And the Steelers ran a play in a, in a period that we always call plays on air where they're not, you're not going up against a live defense. You're just repping plays against air but they ran a play where dan moore the left tackle shifted out and lined up as a wide receiver next to calvin austin wow uh and mitchell mitch trubisky whipped up whipped a quick screen out to austin and dan moore uh you know acted like he was blocking on air blocking the corner out there so uh, my son aiden (laughs) and he was like is that is that legal can they do that and i said well yeah they can you know he's not covered up they're fine you know so that is so cool. It's a, it seems like a great experience for the whole family. I'm so glad you had a chance to check it out. And yeah, if thanks. you want to, if you want to hear more about this, you know, keep on checking in with BTSC. Kevin's going to have more about this every time he's on. And, you know, his perceptions of camp are valuable to me because I got to say, I don't look at it through the same eyes as the Kevin does. And that's why we work so well together on the show. I like to get his perspective because it helps enhance and me understand the game. So, Kevin, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a blast today. And I'm glad I got an opportunity to share it with some of uh, the fans here. All right. Well, check out BTSC for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Coming up next on the network, you are going to be hearing from Tony Defio and the Six Pack. And remember, a lot of great shows. And then Monday morning, once again, you're going to be checking out Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. I'll be doing a bad language. And it's actually game week because there is a game going on next week. Seattle Seahawks, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's happening, my friends. It's all the 2022 is happening and we're going to tell you all about it. But before I get on out of here, Kevin, I need to talk about something special for me today. As I look at the clock and I know, you know, this show debuts on, on Friday, but this is Thursday and it takes me back 15 years to this date, August 4th, 2007 at 1138 excuse me, 10.38 a.m. p.m. And it was when my first son was born. Now, I do have another son. I have a stepson who is 29. Stefan, love him dearly. His wife just celebrated a birthday, Sydney. So happy birthday a couple days ago for her. But Connor, when Connor was born, I was uh, not sure I was ever physically going to be able to have kids because of health reasons. I, I know we've talked a lot about on the show that I uh, I'm celebrating 19 years being cancer free of testicular cancer. And because I found it so fast, I was still able to have children because I did not have to get radiation. I did not have to uh, have chemo, but I, we caught it rather fast. It was a very aggressive cancer, but we got it and got it quick. But 
I thought that I would never have children. And then I was lucky enough to meet my wife, Jennifer, and she gave me this beautiful boy. And he was born on this date. He has had his share of health problems too. He has been a trooper through everything. He has been a little man since the beginning. He is smarter than his old man. In fact, I take him to trivia because, you know, I know the sports and music. He knows everything else. And we win a lot. And I, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of everything that this boy does in school. He's a two-time geography B winner. He is an honor scout in scouts. He is in the honor society on the lodge executive committee. Just went to the university of Tennessee last week for, for a week with the honor society called the order of the arrow. It is just I mean, a pleasure to watch this boy. He has had his struggles because of health, but he is amazes me every single day. And when he was born, the cord was wrapped around his, uh, his neck and it was a very short cord. It was wrapped around and they had to revive him. And I sat there watching my newborn baby struggle to breathe. And now 15 years later, I see him besides the struggles that he has with health. I see him thriving as a human being and as a great person. And I can't wait to see the man he becomes and I am so thrilled to announce his 15th birthday today. So Connor, Michael, Anthony Davis, I love you for lots and lots of evers. That's a family thing that he invented. That's a phrase that he came up with when he was three. And we use it every birthday and every chance we get. So I am blessed by God to have my family, to have Jennifer, to have Stefan, to have Connor and Jillian and a bunch of dogs running around the house. And I, I got to tell you, I, I'm so happy to talk right now. And I know I keep talking now I'm going to start tearing, but happy birthday, man. I love you. That's great, man. Great story. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to chime in on that. Cause that was so well said. Thank you. Well, thanks very much. Now, um, you can't say Connor, but do you have a dude of the week? We almost forgot about that. Oh, dude of the week. So how about I pick a dude of the day based okay. on what I saw today, based on what I saw today. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, my dude of the day would be Anthony McFarlane. Really? really nice. Showing. Yeah. Very, uh, very surprising uh, and encouraging performance by him today. So, uh, you know, if, if, if he can keep that up, maybe he becomes that third down back. The Steelers have, have lacked the last few seasons. Well, I thought you were going to go Gunner L. So I, I like that. I, I definitely like that, too. So that sounds great. Kevin, thanks so much. Have a great week. We will see you next time. And remember. You can keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. We will see you next time, my friends. We love you. Mm-hmm.